All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. What a great um, start tonight to, to my message. And, you know, I want to say from the outset of, of my message tonight, we've been talking about the basics, in, uh, the basics in prayer and we've been talking about the basics in salvation. And, you know, tonight I'm going to share about the basic in our life about having faith. The basic that we need in our life just to have faith to believe that all my life you have been so, so good. And tonight, do you believe that? Do you believe tonight that God is so, so good? When you walk through the fire and you feel like you're being burnt, can you still say, all my life you have been faithful, all my life you have been so, so good? And you know, it's easy for us sometimes to stand up in life and go, oh, thank you, Jesus, you did this amazing thing for me. And then things start to go wrong. And it's not all my life you have been so, so good. It's like, God, where are you and what are you doing? And this doesn't make sense. And I think when we get it in our spirit that God is so, so good all of the time. And I remember a story from years ago um, that I heard of a church in America and they were buying a block of land to, um, to build a church on. And the, the board of directors, not unlike our board of directors, was made up of wealthy, influential businessmen. Um, and um, and uh, there was a fair crew of them and one pleb, which would be me, <laughs> um, one guy who wasn't an influential businessman. He was just an everyday Joe. And they had this multi-million dollar block of land that they wanted to buy, but they'd made the decision, a bit like we did when we changed the name of the church, that we wouldn't go ahead with changing the name of the church unless everybody on our board and our pastoral leadership team was in 100% agreement to it. They wouldn't buy this land until everybody was in agreement, 100%. 10 people on the board. Yes, 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 yes. No. But we're businessmen. This is a great deal. This is a great plan. I just can't say yes to it because God is not making me feel right about it right now. Well, let's revisit it in two weeks' time. Let's come back. Yes, 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 no. And this went on for three months. And they were done. They were done with him. They were going to remove him off the board. I'm pretty certain they probably felt like doing it. Took out a hit on him. I don't know what they did. Anyway, that's probably what I would have done. Um, anyway, about five, six months in. Yes, 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 yes. I feel like God is, oh, thank goodness for that. When they went to buy the block of land, they found out that only a week before they purchased it, <clears throat> they found out there was a couple of million dollars of land tax owing on that block of land. And had they purchased it back three or four months ago, they would have been lumped with that extra bill. God is faithful all the time, even when he says no. Even when he says no, he knows what's going on and when he says yes, bang, we just are launched into something incredibly amazing. And tonight, you know, I, I want to just say how amazing God is and how resilient um, we have to become 
to see the goodness of God in our lives. And, and you know, as a church body, we are a resilient group of people in this church. You know, we, we've, we've gone from having um, a foyer to having to come in the fire exit to having church out the back to doing all of these things. And um, you're still turning up every, day, every week and going, God is good. And so I applaud you for that, for being so awesome and incredible and amazing. Weren't Gordon and Isabel amazing on the couch last Friday, uh, Sunday night? <laughs> Just blows me away, the goodness of God that I see wrapped around this incredible couple. The goodness of God that I see in Gordon and Isabel's life when years ago they wouldn't have even said God was good. They wouldn't have said God anything. But now they can see the goodness of God in their lives and are thriving. Not just surviving, but thriving. And we got to hear a little bit of their story and I'm excited. So we've decided to do On the Couch again. Um, but we're going to do it on Father's Day. Um, this next term, we're going to do it on Father's Day. We're going to do it like out there, but in here. And the cafe's going to be open. We'll have food and everything. And we're going to interview some dads. And we're going to interview some dads and see um, what they have to say about life in general. Awesome. Okay. I should start talking about faith, shouldn't I? Are you okay? I was a bit concerned there when Gordon took Glenys' seat in the front there and I thought Ian was going to send them out the back there to have a bit of a shindig and then next minute Mark's up here and I thought we're going to have him and Cassie out there. I'm just trying to work out. We've got Glenys and Gordon out there, Mark and Cassie out there. and Who are we going to have out there? It sort of reminded me of the old days a little bit. And, uh, so uh, should I dare to go there? Um, anyway, oops, shush. Okay. The year of influence has been incredibly awesome. We have seen God influence us and, it, and as a church we've had to step out in faith and do some amazing things that God has called us to do. But, you know, last week was an incredible busy week in the life of our church and there's a, a, a group of uh, Christians in, the, in Brisbane who are believing God for revival for Australia. Something which just like you say revival for Australia and my heart just leaps a beat. You know, I'm believing to see people saved all over this nation and a whirlwind coming, um, a, a, a fire coming, a, a light in this place like never before. And so they were having a, a, a stadium event at Suncorp Stadium last Tuesday night. Now, my daughter, Brittany, she's been um, having dreams and visions from God about stadium events. And she'd actually had a vision about this event um, when she was in grade six. And so I said, I think we should go. I think we should go. And then I realised the week that it was. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, no, we shouldn't go. But revival is on my heart. Uh, so all the way down, Brittany and I left at lunchtime on Tuesday and both of us are going, what are we doing? Like we're carving 24 hours out of a seven-day build. Um, this is ridiculous. And by the time we got to the gateway, nearly to our daughters, we'd talked ourselves out of it. I reckon if Brittany had said, turn around and go home, I would have just turned around and came home. 
And so we, we got to Danielle's place and uh, she, you know, we, it was one of those things, isn't it? The devil gets inside your head sometimes. Um, and like, oh, I don't know where we're going to park. How are we going to get there? All these things. It was just like, ah. And uh, so Danielle said, I'll drive you in, Dad. It'll be fine. And um, we, you know, driving us. It was a 40-minute drive in there. And I'm thinking, oh, now she's going to have to drive back and pick us up. And, oh, just turn around and take us home. Like, I'll just spend the night with my grandson. Sometimes we do that, don't we? You know, but we walked into that Suncorp Stadium at six o'clock and this event went from six o'clock to nine o'clock and there was um, probably 1,400 people there from all denominations all over Brisbane and beyond praying for our nation, praying for our churches, praying and believing that God would do something incredible. And I started to feel ashamed of myself. I started to think, Graham, you have stopped dreaming. You've stopped believing. You've stopped having these massive, you, you say it, but you've stopped really believing it in here. You say it up here, but down in here where it really matters, do you really believe all those things or has your faith taken a hit and you're just now going through the motions? And I was a bit ashamed of myself. I don't know if anyone else ever feels like that, but we get weary. Tonight, if I stumble over my words, believe you me, I am weary. I'm standing up here. I can't wait to get home and go to bed tonight. You know, um, if I had a bed here, we would have slept here all week. Um, it's been a bit like that. So I'm feeling a bit weary tonight. That's how I was feeling. I think sometimes in your spirit, you get like that. And God gives you these big visions and big dreams and big thoughts. And it's just like, oh, I'm too tired, God. I'm too tired to do this journey anymore. Like, oh. And then you get in a, a fired up group of believers and you start to go, you know what? I'm ashamed of myself. I've stopped dreaming. I've stopped believing. I've got it up here. I can say all the right things. I can say all the most amazing things. Say, God is good. He is awesome. In here going, yeah, well, maybe. And our faith takes a hit. And we just end up moving backwards. And we just go through the motions. And you know, I got this, Brittany and I were sitting in the middle of the um, stadium. Best seats in the house. We were right in the middle and the stage was right where Rebecca was. And I said to Brittany, if I have to sit in this seat for one more second, I am going to kill the person beside me because they are so close to me. Honestly, I just wanted to reach out and grab them by the throat and choke them to death. That's how I felt. And so we hopped up and moved and we went back a row and right to the very end. And every time the guy would say, moving closer, I'd go, I speak English. Um, <laughs> easy, solved problem. And we got to sit behind this couple, and it was a husband and a wife and, a, um, and their daughter. And, uh, and it was an awesome experience because we got like, turn around, pray for each other and all that sort of stuff. And God had given me a word for this young girl and, um, and their daughter. And I thought, I'm never going to get to give it to her because the, the, the night will just go. And, but right at the very end, they said, turn around and pray with the people that, that you're closest to about your church. You pray for their church and, and let them pray for yours. And so they were from City Point. And so I prayed for City Point Church and, um, and she said, what church are you from? I said, Powerhouse. And she started praying and then she stopped praying and she started prophesying. And then my ears pricked up because you start prophesying about my church. I want to hear what God's saying. 
And I thought, wow, what are you going to say? And she said so many awesome things. But she said, you know, there is a table. And she saw a table in our church. And she saw people coming. And then she went, whoa, that's something I've never seen before. Like what I'm seeing, I cannot describe. What I'm seeing, I can't. Whoa, 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 whoa. I can't go any further back, sorry. <laughs> and she said, what God is going to do in your church has never been seen before. And I knew that. Because that's not the first person to prophesy that over our church. What God is going to do in our church has never been seen before. And I was excited about that. And I got to give this young girl a prophetic word and it was an amazing night. And I came away thinking, wow, isn't this great that God carved out of my busy, busy week a moment where I could go away and get alone with him and have someone tell me that the things that are going to happen in your church are going to be something like never been seen before. And you know what? As a church, we are going to need the faith. We are going to need the faith. We are going to need the faith to be able to see and do what God brings through that door. I don't know what it is. I do know what it is. But we're going to have to get ready and have the faith to be able to stretch ourselves beyond what we believe, stretch ourselves financially, stretch ourselves emotionally, stretch ourselves out so much to do the things that God wants us to do. And I'm excited, and that's why I want to talk about faith tonight. Is that okay? You're doing okay? <clears throat> awesome. I'm doing okay. Actually, I'm starting to feel a bit better now, I'll tell you the honest truth. Yeah, I laid down on my bed when I went home from the leadership training this afternoon. I got home about three o'clock or quarter past three and thought I'd be back here at four o'clock and just wanted to put the last bits and pieces on my message and we're dropping one of the young girls home from the training day and I said, oh, Taylor, you can come tonight, you can preach. If you can preach, I'll just stay home and go to bed. And, uh, but she declined. <laughs> so here you've got me. In Hebrews 11, verse 1. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, we have some incredible people in our church. I just want to say that. You know, like um, people who came in, like Ian and Michelle, just came in and did all of the bits and pieces for the painting that needed to be done. And Ian does all those fiddly little bits and pieces um, that I absolutely hate. And, um, and Gordon just loves cutting in and him and I just cut in all of the black posts in the cafe and he just loves doing all that stuff, loves getting up high on the ladders and doing all those sort of things and you know V came in there one day just a breath of fresh air and just vacuumed and vacuumed and vacuumed and really could see no result for what she had done but did an amazing job because it needed to be done. And then Simone and Dion just brought in their whole family. And, and their kids just work like troopers. 
um, alongside them to get stuff done. And then Jess, I had a vision of Jess over here with a baby strapped to a uh, painting up and down the walls. And uh, James was just here slaving away at that, um, at that electrical box over there, which just like is crazy to me, you know. And uh, Sue came in and there was just so many other people. Uh, Brittany, my Brittany came in and she was here with us every day. Simon, goodness me, that man needs a medal. Honestly, not only was he here working alongside me doing all of that stuff, but his son got married yesterday. And so in the midst of that, he had to carve out time to to be a dad um, and all of that stuff. And he just did it all with so much grace and so much um, all of those things. Um, Look, there's Cassie came in when we needed to go and buy squeegees and people just turned up when we needed them, just at the right time. There's, There's so many people who just came in and did stuff. I'm just blown away by the goodness of the people in our church. Hebrews 11 verse 1 Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. You know, sometimes when God calls us to have um, faith, we don't have any idea of what he wants us to do. We just have the confidence that he wants us to do it. And so, you know, I hear lots of people say, oh, God, give me a vision. Give me a dream. Give me something. Give me all this stuff. I want to hear from you. Oh, and they start speaking in tongues and pleading with God. And then God gives them a vision and a dream. And they, whoa, I can't do that. But why did you ask? But why did you ask? I think God's out there going, don't ask me. If you don't want to do it, don't ask. You know, and, I, and I'm looking back on, on my life at this time and going, I'm confident of the things that God has done in my life. I have no idea what it was he was calling me to do when I was 17 years old when he told me that he was going to get me to travel around Australia and tell people about Jesus and that we were going to do all of this stuff. And, and along the way, I was going to meet a man who'd provide all of our needs and we'd live by faith and trust God. And it was all very exciting. And I had no idea about all that stuff. I was just trusting God and the vision was so big. And I just had to live by faith that God was in that. And I remember being so convinced of the call of God on my life that when I was about 25 years old, I went away on a young adults camp to Yapoon and they did one of those stupid what do you, you remember that stupid show on TV, Perfect Match, where you have three girls over there and one man over here, and somehow out of all of the people that got picked, I got picked to be this guy with these three girls over here. Anyway, so we did this thing and they did a couple of rounds of it and so they revealed the curtain and girl number three was the one that I'd chosen and, and you know, we, we met each other and uh, she was lovely, she was a metallurgist a very wealthy person from Gladstone um, and a lovely person and the other, her and I and um, the other two that had won the dates um, got shouted fish and chips up at that uh, Yapoon thing where they the, sail, the singing sailing ship you know and I thought oh, I'm 25 is this part of God's plan for my life is this the person that I'm meant to marry has God ordained all this together to make all this right like you know I'm not really sure that I like her that much but I mean who knows it might it'll grow on me uh, I'm not sure I don't know like I, you don't know you're just doing all this stuff but as I drove home as I was driving home I thought well maybe 
Maybe this is what is meant for me. You know, I got back to work that day, that week, and my boss, my boss, said to me, Graham, you know, you've been with us for 10 years now, and uh, are you thinking about doing a progression in working? I said, yeah, I'd love to go up into a management position. She said, well, uh, just letting you know that uh, a management position that I'd like to put you up for has come up in Gladstone. I thought, oh, okay, now the, um, now the starting to line up. And I went to God that night and I said, God, what am I going to do? And he said, go back to the original vision. The original vision isn't in Gladstone. In your vision, it's Mackay. Now go back to the original vision and don't change. Now all I had was faith and I just said to God, I'm not going to, okay. So I said no to the job, never talked to the girl again and just moved on with my life the way I should be doing it you know and all of those things and we've got to this place and there's a few times in my life leading up to that point where the enemy tried to get me away from the journey but you know I stayed in Mackay I met Amanda then um, and, and, and then God worked it out that we ended up here in Maribyrnong. but on that journey because I said to Amanda when we first met and I said to her, before I ask you to marry me, you need to know one thing, that I have a vision from God. And if you don't know you're part of that, then we can't be together. Um, and, and I'm, I'm you know, I, I'd prefer to not be married to you than not follow the plans that God has for my life. And Amanda said, wherever you go, I will go. And I said, beauty, let's go. <laughs> and I honour Amanda because I tell you what, that has not been an easy journey when your husband says you're going to live by faith and never ask anyone for money and you've got two little girls and you don't know where your next feed's coming from. Not been easy. But God said to me, one day you'll meet a man who'll provide all your needs. This is what I'm talking about, living by faith and trusting God. You know, one day you'll meet a man who'll provide all your needs. Who would like to meet that man? Who would like to meet that man? Well, you know, maybe you might not meet that man, but maybe you are that man. Because somewhere along the line, God had spoken to that man about me. He said, one day you're going to meet someone who's going to go into ministry and you're going to provide all their needs. Ouch, that hurts him financially more than it hurts me. What if he would have said, oh, no, sorry about that. Not going to do it. But he listened to the call of God on his life as well. And, you know, we went to the same church together. And one day he said that to me. What's God planning for your life? I said, God's plan for my life is to go into full-time ministry and trust him for our future. He said, well, my wife and I have been watching you and God has told us that we have to provide all of your needs. And you know what? Without going into that long story about all of that for five years, that man looked after us, started our ministry, and because of him, children all over Australia have been come to know Jesus because of a faithful man of God who couldn't see the plan but lived it out. We live in our house in Granville because a man who God said you'll provide all of these people's needs said, I will buy that house for you. I'll pay cash for it. He paid cash for our house. And then he said, for the next five years, I will let you pay rent, whatever you want, because you're in ministry. Some weeks you might be able to pay 20, some weeks you might be able to pay 2,000. But whatever it is that you pay for the next five years is okay with me and my wife. 
But not only that, at the end of that five years, I'm going to give you back all of that money so you can go to the bank and take out a loan and own that house for yourself. And you know what? He did exactly that. He was living by faith and trusting God to do what he was called to do so that my dream of living by faith that God had put on my heart would be able to be fulfilled. When we start working together and seeing the plan of God unfold and trusting God in faith that whatever he says he wants us to do, he will provide it for us, then we can not be stopped. As a church and as individuals, we cannot be stopped. I was, you know, I was just, I was so cranky at myself when I went to this conference because I have all of these stories of living by faith and I'd started to believe it up here and forgotten about it down here. And you know what? I'm starting to warm it up in here again so that we can spread it out through here and then go out through there. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says we live by faith and not by sight. You can't see what God wants to do for you. You can't see what God wants to do for you. But we have to live by faith and not by sight. If I live by sight, we would do nothing. If I lived by sight, we would have never done anything in our life in ministry whatsoever. I remember one time, Amanda and I had been um, two little girls, a car. Um, we were travelling off for six weeks to go away and we had zero dollars in the bank, zero fuel in the car, zero food in the cupboards and a six-week journey ahead of us. And I said to Amanda, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. We're leaving today and we've got nothing. And Amanda said to me, do you believe that God wants us to go on this trip? I said, without a shadow of a doubt. She said, well, shut up, get in the car and start driving. Whether we've got fuel or not is irrelevant. It's up to God to sort that out. We just got to be faithful and live by faith. Now, you know, we put the girls in the car, the fuel tank was empty. We had no food. We were leaving for six weeks. And as I put the car into reverse, Ian pulled up um, behind me and a church, the church that he was attending at the time, um, the pastor had just felt to say to Ian, I want to give Graham and Amanda some money. And I think he gave us $50 or $100 or something like that, wasn't it? It was, it was a menial amount, which was enough for us to put fuel in the car and get to Mandabra and buy some baked beans and stay the night with the people that we were there. And you know what? That happened for six weeks. That happened for us for six weeks. Now, had we been living by sight and not by faith, we would never have gone on that journey. And all of the children that we would have been ministering to and all of the people that we would have been talking to about Jesus, it would never have happened. We can't live by sight. We have to live by faith. Over the years that we've been in ministry, I have at least 20 times had someone walk up to me and give me $1,000 as a gift. We had one lady who used to give us $300 a month and she did that for 10 years. 10 years she sowed into the ministry that God wanted. We had another family who gave us $85 a month for five years. The man who provided all of our needs gave us $1,500 a month for three years without fail. We live by faith, not by sight. We went on our prayer trip around Australia and we didn't have the money, but just before we were leaving, six people came up to me and gave me $1,000. We 
which we were to um, which we were to use on that trip. I gave the pastor in Alice Springs a thousand dollars to take his daughter out and buy ice cream. I said to him, "What is the one thing that you miss in ministry?" He said, "I miss not being able to take my kids out for ice cream." I said, "Here, here's a thousand dollars. Take them out tonight." How crazy is that? But it's what he needed. It's what he needed. On that trip that we went, our prayer trip, God, as we were driving along, God said to us, I want you to put um, all these gifts because we decided to go on this prayer trip and then someone decided to give us a $10,000 worth of gifts that were all wrapped for Christmas. And I put them all in the back of our van thinking, what are we going to do with all this stuff? It filled up the back of the van. All I was doing was sucking fuel. And God said, every time while you're traveling that you come across a white mailbox, a white 44-gallon drum mailbox, I need you to fill it up with stuff. Jam-pack it full of stuff. And so that's what we did. The first mailbox we went to, we stopped and we just had all of this stuff for babies. And I didn't know why we were doing that. We just shoved all this stuff for babies in there and slammed it in and said, you know. And anyway, the lady, when we got to Winton, had tracked us down. And she was a Christian. And she said, you do not know what you have done for us. She said, every one of those gifts fits someone in our family. Every one of those gifts fits someone in our family. I said, what can we do? What can we pray for you? What are are you believing for in faith? She said, our property is dry. She said, our property has had no rain. And so we prayed for her over the phone and said, God, send rain to that property. We got back from that trip and she contacted us and said, we had 11 inches of rain. Not the property next door, not the one on this side. There was a storm came through and they had 11 inches of rain on their property. What would have happened had someone not given us $1,000 and $1,000 and $1,000 to go and do that trip? We live by faith, not by sight. I need to put my iPad on complete open or something. On top of that $6,000 that came in, someone came and gave us $5,000 the week before we were leaving to help us pray for the prayer journey that we were going on. And the things that we saw on that trip happen that God had wanted us to do were... um, I could preach for a week on the things that happened there. We saw the Holy Spirit come alive on that trip. One day between, we were driving between um, Alice Springs and Cuba Pedy. And we had, every morning we would put a podcast on our big speaker and then we'd put music on. And our song for that trip was, um, there is a cloud beginning to swell. But this morning we'd put a different playlist on and we were listening to some different Christian music. We'd listen to our podcast and different Christian music and we were, were in a different playlist altogether. And all of a sudden, I said to Amanda and the other lady who was with us on that leg of the journey, can you see that cloud down the road about 200 kilometres? And they said, yes. And all of a sudden, it just started coming at us at 100 mile an hour, like just flying at us. I'm thinking, what is this? And all of a sudden, we are under a cloud and everything in the bus stopped. The music went off. Everything went dead silent. There was nothing. 
and the cloud stopped over top of us, we'd stopped in the middle of the road. And then that song from a different playlist started to play on our speaker. And God's saying, I'm telling you that when you live by faith and you start doing the things that I want you to do, you're going to see the miraculous happen in your life. We need to be a church and a people living by faith and trusting God. We need a relationship with Jesus and then just live by faith. We, um, you just doing okay? I had someone walk up to me one day and just give me a check for $10,000. We needed it. You know why we needed it? Because my daughter had decided she wanted to go to Bible college. And I rang the Bible college and they said, it's going to be $10,000 for her to go to Bible college. I said, yep, we can pay for that. <clears throat> they said, when? I said, I don't know. They said, well, we need to know. I said, well, by the June, July school holidays, we will have that money in total for you. A total fabrication, a total lie to the Bible college. There was no way knowing that I could even... I didn't even have a word from God about that. It was just, I just felt that was what I had to say to get us across the line. I bought us some time. We went to minister in that church, in a church in Emerald. And they decided that they had money left over in their missions budget. And this year, on top of our love offering that they were going to give us, they wanted to bless our ministry with $10,000. And it went straight to Bible college for our daughter, to fulfill the things that were on her heart to do. Living by faith and not by sight would have meant that we would have said, no, Danielle, we can't afford it. I'm sorry, darling, you can't do that. But we stepped out and we believed by faith that God can do anything. At a time in our life when our life was in total turmoil and we were in a complete mess, somebody rang me. I didn't even want to talk to them. So I didn't. And they rang me again, and I didn't want to talk to them. So I didn't. They rang me a third day. And you know, what we were praying, believing for a breakthrough, we needed $50,000. We needed $50,000. Not maybe, possibly, could be. We needed $50,000 by the end of the week. And I didn't want to be interrupted by anybody because I was too busy praying and believing, and worrying, and stressing, and concerning myself about all these things. But I decided on Thursday I'd answer the phone. And they said, look, probably don't know us very well, but we've come into a good inheritance, and we just feel that God has said, we want to give you $25,000. What's your bank account details? God bless you. Goodbye. By the end of the week, we had $25,000, and another, and I'd said to, a, said to a, a person I didn't even really know that well, who knew we were praying for believing for this money that had to come in. She said, how's it all going? I said, praise God, we're halfway there. And she said, we've just come into an inheritance. She said, I can't give you the money, but I can loan you $25,000 for seven years. Would that work? <laughs> Absolutely. By Friday, we had $50,000 done deal. Let's live by faith and not by sight. <clears throat> Are you living by faith tonight? Are you trusting a God? Or is it all just up here at the present moment? Or have you forgotten it down here? Are you believing that God can do miracles in your life tonight? Are you believing that God could step up and do anything in your life tonight? We're going to get Ian up in a bit, not right now. 
But we're going to get Ian up in a little bit to pray, play that last song again. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. And tonight, if you've stopped dreaming, tonight, if you've stopped believing, tonight, if you've had a dream on your heart and something going on in your world and you've just left it sitting up in your head and it's up there, then tonight you need to come forward and you need to repent of that. And you need to say, God, fan the flames. Fan the flame inside me again to believe for something big and awesome. This um, event, this battle cry for Australia, was the vision for that was given to a man in Tonga. A man in Tonga. And he, he flew to Australia to talk to people about this. And they started getting excited about it. And somehow ended up renting Suncorp Stadium for the night to have a battle cry for Australia. Is God giving you a vision for Vanuatu? Or is your, are you limited to um, Meribah? What if God was saying to you, hop on a plane and go to Vanuatu tomorrow and talk to the king of Vanuatu and they want to have a revival meeting over there? What if God started stirring those things up in your spirit tonight? You go, oh, I can't afford to do that. No, sorry, you can't afford not to. You can't afford not to because somewhere out there, there's someone who's God saying, hey, there's someone having a vision right now about going to Vanuatu talking about revival. I can't go, but I can pay for it. And when you start verbalizing it and you start talking out in faith about those things and not living by sight, but start living by faith, people start to hear those things and go, wow, okay, let's join our faith together and get this thing done. Let's join our faith together and get this thing done. You know, in James 1.3, it says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And sometimes we have to persevere in our faith. We were, um, we were driving. We, we have very rarely ever owned good cars. We've had um, cars that are good, but not good cars. We owned one car that was nearly brand new. I was so excited to get it. An eight-seater Falcon station wagon. It was only two years old, had no kilometers on it. It was amazing. I thought, God, thank you so much. You can still smell the new smell in it. It was great. We were coming home for a missions trip in Wondowan, and as we drove out of Wondowan, Joshi, as we drove out of Wondowan, God said, you need to give that car away. Thank God, you're testing my faith here. I just got it. I love this car. It's my car. I love it. But the beauty was I had a backstop, a wife. I knew that if I told her, she'd go, uh-uh, because it was our only car. And she could not get to work. And how would we get the children to school? So that was going to work really well in my favour. So as we're driving out of Wondow and I said to Amanda, I feel like God's saying that we need to give this car away to these particular family. And she said, well, have you rung them yet? I said, oh, backfired plan. A backfired plan. So we got home and I was walking a couple of days later, still walking around. And um, I was just walking through the house and God said, ring them now. Going, okay, it's my only car. Let me have it for at least another day. So I rang this family and I said, hey, Kathy, I don't know whether or not you need this or not, but 
God's just told me that Amanda and I have to give our, our car to you and your husband and your kids. And the phone went silent and all I could hear was sobbing. And she said, you're not going to believe this, she said, but our car blew up yesterday. And we have many children and we don't want to buy a Tarago van. We can't afford the Trigo van. We can't afford anything, by the way. And we're asking God for an eight-seater station wagon. I said, well, she said, what's your car? I said, my car's an eight-seater station wagon. I said, it will be at the train station Tuesday morning. Just have to get there. It'll have a roadworthy. And the transfer papers will be there. So I polished it. Oh, do you ever polish someone else's car? It sucks. I vacuumed it out. Hey, come on, it's not easy sometimes. Come on, it's not. This is my beautiful red Falcon station wagon, which I love. Vacuumed it out, polished it, cleaned all the seats, got it all detailed, ready to go, put it in for a roadworthy, put two new tyres on it, got it ready to go, hopped in it, drove it, to the air, drove it to the train station in Brisbane, met them there, signed the papers. I hopped on the train and I drove home and I, and I came back on the train. And I said to Amanda, I can't even get home. We haven't got a car. What do I do? So I rang a friend who had to come and take me home. <laughs> you know, it's not easy sometimes to do those things. But God made a way, and we have cars now. Um, it all worked out somewhere along the line. But we just had to, our, our, our faith was being tested. God was saying, hold it loosely in your hands. Are you prepared to give it up? Are you prepared to let it go or are you just so connected to this thing that you can't let it go? Huh? Let it go. Let it go. It's all yours. You take it, God. You do what you want to do with it. Well, you know, since then, a few months later on, one of my dreams of my life was to own a green fair lane. I love fair lanes. I love big cars. I love the colour dark green and I love big. And one morning, I had a phone call from someone who said, Graham, are you awake? So I am now. They said, get in your driveway. So this is half past six in the morning. They drove up the driveway in a big green fair lane and threw the keys at me and said, God told me to give you this. And we drove it for many, many years. Along the way, you know, God told us that we were going to release another couple to travel all over Australia in ministry and we need the caravan and a four-wheel drive. And a couple from Quilpie. Gave us a brand new troop carrier, a $60,000 vehicle, threw the keys at me and said, it's yours, not mine. God wants you to have it. I wonder what would have happened had I not given away my Falcon station wagon and held it so tightly in my hands. We live by faith and not by sight. Are you doing okay tonight? Am I not challenging you too much? Are you doing okay? You're very quiet out there. I'm nearly done. But you know, whatever you, it says in, um, in Matthew 21 verse, 20, verse 22, if you believe you will receive whatever you ask for in faith, in, in prayer, you will receive. And I love that because um, there's many times we've stepped out and believed God's for stuff. And you know what? To my shame, I've stopped. To my shame, I've stopped believing God for the impossible. But not today. Not today. We were at a school fight a few years ago. And the gift 
the big prize was a trip to Hamilton Island. And I said to Amanda, wouldn't that be great? We could do with a holiday, can't afford it. We could do with a holiday. So we bought a couple of raffle tickets. Oh, do you want to sack me now? Bought a couple of tickets. It's all for the school. It's all for the school. And, um, and you know what? We didn't win. We didn't get it. And I said to Amanda, oh, that was a bit disappointing. We didn't get it. Amanda went to work on Monday and the whole package was sitting in her pigeonhole saying, we won this, but our chappie needs it more. Have a great holiday. And the people who won it gave it to us. With the principal's permission. Not that that really matters. A few years earlier on, we hadn't had a holiday uh, with our family. We hadn't been able to do anything in ministry. And somebody else came up to us one day and said, we want to pay for a holiday for you. We want to send you somewhere. We feel like we want to send you to Hamilton Island. And so they gave us an all-expenses-paid trip with $2,000 spending money for us to take our children to Hamilton Island for a seven-day holiday. Now, a lot of that $2,000 got used up in paying bills before we left, and so we didn't have much money when we got there. But one thing our kids wanted to do was play mini-golf, and uh, we couldn't afford it because it was about $400 to play mini-golf on Hamilton Island. And I couldn't justify $400. Not that I couldn't even justify it. We didn't have it. And as on the last day we were there, we were walking back past the mini-golf place, and this lady just stopped us and said, oh, you've got a family of four just like us. We're, um, we're flying out this afternoon, haven't used our mini-golf vouchers. Here, have fun. And so we took our kids and played mini-golf. God is into answering our prayers. You know, we've stepped out so many times and done so much stuff. We bought a caravan with no money and then all of a sudden God challenged someone to put $8,000 in our bank account. We've bought cars and trusted God for the money. I've got stories coming out my ears of where God has just blessed us with finances. You know, people, it's bigger sums of money, like go and put $8,000 in and pay for this for Graham and Amanda. I wonder what would have happened had we not stepped out in faith and in prayer and went, oh, we haven't got the money, so we shouldn't do that. Now, maybe we should just be doing it and then trusting God for the rest. We've got to back the front a little bit sometime. Let's start living by faith tonight. If any one of you among, among you are sick, let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with the oil and in the name of the Lord. And a prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. How many times, that was in James, have we prayed and believed? You know, I, I, I was lactose intolerant, dairy intolerant. Went to a, went to a, a um, I'd only have to touch a bit of milk and I'd be a mess. We went to uh, Bayside Church for a conference and they said, if you've got allergies or sickness, come forward. So I came forward for prayer. And I'm standing there and I got prayed for for my dairy allergy. And on the way home, my eldest daughter said to me, Dad, you've been healed tonight. I said, thank you, Jesus, I'm healed. She said, well, let's go to McDonald's and get ice cream. I go, oh, I'm not really 100% sure about that. She said, well, you're healed, aren't you? I said, oh, I believe I am. She said, then why aren't we going to McDonald's to get ice cream? 
I said, because I'm not sure. That, you know, what do you do? I said, no, okay, well, let's go and have ice cream. And you know what? We went and had ice cream and I was healed. How crazy is that? That is crazy. God is a faithful God. In grade 12, our eldest daughter was sick. Our doctor said she had leukemia. She was so sick, the doctor said, go to school, get her, bring her out of school, bring her to me now, I'll see her whenever. Immediately, if not sooner. We had to get tests done on her for that. Not cheap, we don't have health insurance. $6,000 worth of tests to make sure that our daughter gets the right treatment for her leukemia. We didn't have the money. We couldn't raise the money. But the morning of those tests, $6,000 is in my bank account. And we paid for all of those tests and God healed her and she didn't have leukemia. You know, God is faithful and we don't even live in half of the stuff that he has for us because we're too scared to step out and believe in faith that God can do anything. So many stories I could tell along the way of, of things that God has done when we've stepped out in faith. You know, God, God sent me to South Africa to, an, a, to a conference over there. And, and I didn't want to go on my own. So the person who was paying for the trip, I said, can I take a friend? How terrible is that? Here I am. Here I am. A guy's offering me a free trip to South Africa to a Mighty Men's of God's conference. And my first words aren't thank you, but uh, could I take a friend? And he said, yeah, well, you can pay for him. As, I'll pay for him as well. An all expenses paid trip for 10 days to South Africa because we stepped out in faith and believed for a car and a caravan for his daughter and son-in-law to travel around Australia doing ministry. How amazing is that? But the worst part about that trip was that we had no money. Again, I've got this beautiful trip to go to South Africa. I'm going for 10 days and I'm leaving my children and my wife home in poverty. No fuel, no food. I've got no money to eat over there. Lovely gesture. I've got nothing. So I stepped out in faith and I, started, I wrote down the list. God said, write down number one, number two, number three, number four, what you need. Because we can't ask people for money because God had told us not to. And so one of my, one was about $2,000, one was $4,000, one was $8,000 and one was $28,000. They were my four ones that I wanted the day before we're leaving when we step out in faith and we believe and we trust God somebody rang me and they said God I only ever, I only ever ring you when you need money that's what they, they said God prompts me to ring you when you need money so how much do you need and I said you know I can't tell you that you've rung me before you know I can't tell you that she said well I'm believing that God has given you a list. I said, you've got a list there, haven't you? Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever it is. I said, yep, I've got a list of one to four. She said, I'll take number three. She said, what's number three say? I said, $8,000. She said, it'll be in your bank account in 20 minutes. God is faithful. God is faithful to us. God is faithful to us if we just step out and believe him for what he wants us to do doesn't mean I'm a great person. It just means God is faithful when, when we're doing what God has called us to do. 
Who's the next person that God has called to travel around Australia and do the things that he wants to do? Who's the next person that God's called to go and do something in revival? What's God called you to do? Are you the goer or are you the giver? Or are you the both? Let's do what God has called us to do and live by faith. I can't even imagine the things that God has done. You know, we've got money given to us. Danielle's first car was given to us as a gift. Um, Brittany's first car was given to us at like $1,000. It should have been way more than that. God's just given us, we've been given a fair lane, a troop carrier, a caravan, we've been given a Commodore, a blue bus, two Toyota coasters, a green bus, um, money for $3,500 for another thing we needed, we, another $10,000, we've been given uh, three caravans, and the list goes on. And you know, that's all because when I was told by God to draw a line in the sand and give my life to him and live by faith, I stepped over that line and did it. And I'd hate to think where I'd be today if I didn't do that. I'd hate to think where I am today. And what makes me sad is that so many people, you can come back in and Rebecca and Emily, what makes me sad is that when people hear from God, when people don't respond to the faith plan that God has for their life and they live a ho-hum life. Our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. Let's start to dream again. Let's start to believe again. Let's start to believe that the things that God could do in your life, the things that God could do in our church, the things that our God could do in our community, in our nation. You know, we're believing God to plant spot fires all over Australia in little cluster churches. We're believing that God wants us to do so many awesome things in in the year of influence in our church. We're believing that people are going to pour through those roller doors. Even though it's freezing, I'd prefer to freeze and then have it closed and keep people out. We're believing God, oh, but we can't fit them all in. Oh, we can't afford to buy five caravans and five four-wheel drives. Oh, we can't afford the fuel to go and do this. Oh, we can't afford to do all of this stuff. Well, if God has told us to do it, and that's the plan that God has, I live by faith and not by sight. I trust God for what he wants me to do. I trust God that it's going to happen. And, you know, talk to our treasurer, James, and I tell you what, we spend it and it just comes back in. We spend it. And it comes back in. God is faithful all the time. And I'd be the first one to repent tonight to say that over the last few, year, few months or whatever, I've got tired. And so my living through COVID mainly, I think, just started living day to day, not dreaming about the things that God could have for us. How awesome would it be if we had a plane at the airport, powerhouse plane? And I put a pile of people in it and Bob and Charlene and Gordon and Isabel jump in it and they're off to Blackall tomorrow. And they're going to minister to one of our churches. And while you're out there, you can go to Tambo and Quilpie and then you can go um, around, around the place and then come back and then Ian and Michelle hop in it and they go to Winton. And then Chris and Glennis are retired. When they're retired, they just say, we need a four-wheel drive in a caravan. We're going to go for six weeks and we're going to go and do all of this ministry around here. And then someone else says, Betty and Ben, same thing, let's go. Let's go and do it. And then we've got um, all of this stuff. Oh, we want to do, a, do youth ministry all over Australia, so we have to go and buy a 53-seater coach to go off and do it. Oh, I'm getting exhausted thinking about it. 
But what if God's saying that's what he wants us to do and we're just going, well, we can't afford it. Well, duh, of course we can't, but he can. He can afford it. So let's bring it down a level to your own life. What's God telling you as a family to do? I know when I stood at the altar when I was 17 years old and God said to me, I want you to draw a line in the sand and say you'll never be the same again. You'll give your whole life to me. I didn't know what would bring me to this point. But boy, I tell you what, there are so many stories there. There are so many amazing things. And like I said to Amanda and I were reminiscing the other day, before I came to Powerhouse Church or Grace Community Church and uh, took over from Chris, I hadn't had a wage in 24 years. That was zero income for me. We were living by faith. We were living on a chaplain's wage, a part-time chaplain's wage. Living by faith, not by sight. Now, somewhere along the line there, we own our caravan. We own our troop carrier. We own our Jeep. We own our, every car in our driveway, we own. We've owned many, many cars over the years that we've owned outright. We've owned three or four caravans. We live in our own home. We're paying a mortgage like our neighbours next door do, who actually earn two really good wages. We were able to put in a swimming pool. We've been able to go on holidays with our children. We've been able to send our children to a private school. We've been able to go to South Africa. We've been able to travel out the western of Australia for the last 24 years. We've been able to go to America and do ministry over there that God called us to go and do. We've been able to do all of these things. Where did the money come from? By trusting God that the plan that he has for my life is the right plan and then just doing it. And then just doing it. And some things have been amazing. We've lived in our house for 24 years. I've never changed the tap washer. How crazy is that? I've had to do nearly zero maintenance on our house in 24 years. It's ready for it now, but the money's coming. The money's coming to do that. But I want to say tonight, when you step it down a level, apart from the church, it's great to believe for the church. It's great to believe for the nation. It's great to believe for all of those things. But what about you? What's God calling you to do? And what's God saying that you should be doing? that you are not doing or believing for or working towards. Because if there's someone sitting in our church who's saying, I want to go to Vanuatu and I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants me to go over there and talk to the king of Vanuatu about starting revival over there and God's laying it on your heart to pay for it and you're not doing it, shame on you. Get up and do it. Even if you haven't got the money to pay for it, trust God that if he's told you to do that, it'll happen. You know, there's been many, many times that we've had no money and people have provided for us. And there's been many, many times we've had no money and we've provided for other people. There's been times when God has told us to give thousands of dollars away that we haven't had, but the day that we needed it, it was there. The day that we needed it, it was there. And so tonight, you know, I believe in salvation, I believe in prayer, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I believe in baptism, I believe in all of the foundations for our church and for our lives, but I believe in faith. And I've lived it. And so tonight as we sing, all my life you have been faithful, 
All my life you have been so, so good. If you need prayer tonight, we're going to invite our prayer team to come forward and pray over you and believe to reignite some of the dreams in your life again, to reignite some of the things that God is saying to you into your life again so that you can go on from this point forward and live the most incredible life that God has called for you to live. Let's stand and sing.